I am Sam Buckmeyer, uh, like Michael said earlier, and I'm up here to continue uh, This Is Us series. I'm also up here because I'm just another victim in Pastor John's schemes to get people to do stuff. I don't really know his, like, you know, goal. If you do, let me know so we can talk and figure out his master plan. But no, why am I up here? I am up here today to talk a little bit about my story, and I'm up here to talk about uh, the future vision of Southside's youth ministry. Uh, As Michael said, we are uh, leaving our partnership with Rush, and we are relaunching our youth ministry, and I'm part of a team uh, that is working on building a place for our youth here. Um, And as we look to build uh, a new ministry uh, the team is doing it based off a lot of the experiences that we have been a part of and have gone through. So hopefully today you'll see uh, a lot of my heart for the youth and a little bit of the reasons why we're doing uh, ministry this way and going a different direction. Uh, so first thing, uh, you need to know a couple things about me. Uh, let's get started. Uh, first, I have an amazing wife over there, Amber. I'm not, yep, definitely need to clap for her. I'm not exactly sure how I won her heart. Um, It helped that I started young. I started a crush on her in the third grade. Yeah, imagine growing up in Sunday school and there's only four people in the classroom. You just, Amber, our uh, different teachers over the years. We always had like one random kid over the years that different times would join us. And then me, Um, I didn't get her... Uh, attention, though, until the eighth grade, when she finally started to like me back, and we became an item. And then, several several years later, uh, fast forward to our senior year of high school, we officially started to date. And then, a few years after that, uh, in 2016, we officially got married. Um, and then, a few years later, after that, our big, chunky bundle of joy, Devin, was born last November. And we are super excited to have him. He has had a lot better start to the world than I did. I was born with a broken collarbone, and it took me only nine days after being born to end up in the back of a police car. So if you think your kids are naughty, let me know if they can top that. Um, But I, I was a pretty good kid. I was raised in a very Christian, conservative home. I am the second of five kids. Uh, We were all homeschooled by my incredible mother. My dad tells this funny story about my mom's teaching abilities. When they first started homeschooling, my older sister Amy, my mom would go to my dad and she would vent and stress out about what a terrible teacher she was because she couldn't get uh, my sister at the time, you know, was little, to hold a pencil correctly to learn how to write. No, we laugh about that now because that same sister of mine is currently finishing her second year of law school. She studied in over several states, uh, studied, spent a semester over in Oxford, and she just is coming back from Thailand after studying abroad there for a year. You know, that's, that's pretty good considering, you know, that pencil thing really <laughs> held her back. No, with my sister having all the brains of the family, I took to athletics. Uh, anything from a simple foot race as a kid to wrestling, football, anything with the ball, you bet I was, I was down to play. And it really shaped a lot of who I was, how I processed the world around me. 
Um, the big one was football. I have a huge passion for football. I'm going to blame my dad on this one. He's the one who really got me hooked, and uh, it's now kind of become a family tradition, and I've got a feeling just the way the size of Devin is, he's going to be uh, continuing the family tradition of the love of football. Um, but as I have taken some time to reflect on a lot of the experiences I went through in high school and the different youth ministries, the different events that God has taught me uh, through that time, uh, I just want to share a few of them with you uh, and build some of the foundation, show you some of the foundations of why we're going to build uh, the youth ministry this direction. Now, if you have spent any amount of time with me, you have probably have heard me say or share a story about something about mission trips, and it's really hard for me not to. I've been doing short-term mission trips for over 10 years now, so I'm going to start with my first one. It was in when I, my first mission trip, I was in the eighth grade. Uh, we went down to Louisiana in the Gulf Coast area to help in the recovery from Hurricane Katrina. Now, that would have been in 2009, which is four years after the hurricane had hit. Yet, there was regions and communities and pockets of area that were still recovering from the disaster like it happened the previous week. There was still so much uh, just rubble, abandoned houses, all this garbage there for years that sat there. So, I was part of a team that came down to this area to help out. And uh, there was this, I mean, I was a 13-year-old, kind of shy, kind of awkward. I mean, going through puberty, just kid, and that, from the suburbs, and I found myself in this rough community with this disaster around them. And the real fish-out-of-water experience I came was on a Wednesday night church service. Now, the I, growing up in a conservative Wisconsin church, have only heard of what charismatic churches in the South are like. I mean, who yells and talks back during the service when the pastor is even asking a question? So it was quite the experience. The, uh, the pastor of the church, is, uh, his name is Keith Knack, and, and I'm pretty sure he starts his finger and he uh, starts his day, licks his finger, sticks it in a socket, Gets a good jolt of electricity, hair stands up, and he just goes about his day all like this, wide-eyed. It's crazy. Uh, but there's this uh, guy from the congregation who really wanted to share his testimony with the group from Wisconsin that have, had came down to help out his church. And he was, you know, a slim, older man with a really southern Cajun y'all draw talk to him. And, but he spoke with authority. This guy shared growing up in this rough area. He talked about massive drug addictions. He talked about just seeing demons around him. He talked about how he burned a $50,000 boat just because he was high. He talked then about finding Jesus. No, I didn't magically just get better for this guy. He talked about the process of being freed from addiction, the process of actually fighting against the demonic in his life. And he talked about just how thrilled he was just to have a marriage, to own a house. He actually owns several boats now and just be a member of the family of God. And wow, there I was, 
miles from my home, sitting and listening to the sky in this rough neighborhood with these people who sounded really silly, and yet that's when God's voice was the loudest. God was real to me then. I understood in that moment it wasn't about me anymore. That's, that's what it was growing up in such a great family, that it was about Jesus. It was about Brother Craig's Savior. It was about the Savior of the world. It was about my personal Savior. And God used Brother Craig to speak through me. And honestly, I could spend hours up here telling you stories from these mission trips. So I want to share a quick one with you that's one of my, my more favorite things I've ever got to do. Uh, like I said, down in Louisiana, there's all these houses that were abandoned because they were so damaged by the hurricane that they were beyond recovery. And yet these people did not have the time, money, or resource to even take down these old building structures and these neighborhoods where these kids would play next to these dumps, and it was kind of disgusting. So I was part of a team, and we were going down there to clean up a lot of these areas. And yes, we had excavator or skidsters and machines, but they were, we were so spread out in this area that we had to take down a house the old-fashioned way, sledgehammers through walls. I mean, group of high school kids, there's nothing more fun than that. We gutted that house down to the studs, we ripped everything out, including the kitchen sink, and... So once we had on the studs, we started chopping the studs around the house until the whole roof and the frame was starting to shake and twist. Then we got out of there, because that was intimidating. And we, all of us high school guys, there's probably about seven or eight of us, we took these long two-by-fours and we put them up alongside the house, and we push. The house would shift back and forth. We push again, we got this rhythm going. We will, we will rock you, you know. You know, the deep voice came out of us, and we pushed this house back and forth and back and forth, and it gave, fell down. And so, yes, me and like eight other dudes pushed over a house once that's off the bucket list. (laughs) Quite an amazing and super fun time. Uh, Next thing I want to talk about is one of my favorite places I have ever been to, um, and that is... Idaho. Well, there's a lot of places I've been to. Let me back up. I've been to so many amazing places because of mission trips. It's taken, to, taken me to Louisiana, Illinois, Oklahoma, Colorado, and Texas. And all these places are just so fun, a full adventure, um, full of new people, and full of the love of Jesus. And for a high school kid, that is just what I needed. It wasn't just, you know, the manual labor and uh, put sledgehammers through walls, um, but it was being the hands and feet of Jesus. It was being able to go and wash uh, people's feet who were in need. And it creates such a a door, a, a place of vulnerability for the people we work with, and that's where Jesus was there, ready to meet them where they were. And it brought such joy and a blessing to my life just to serve these people. And one of the big things we're going to do uh, as this new youth ministry is to have a place where our next generation can learn how to serve each other 
and to serve the community around this, to have some of those experiences of what it's like to wash their feet. Uh, another place that I've been to that I hadn't mentioned yet is one of my favorite places, um, and that is Idaho. Yes, dig up those potato jokes, uh, but uh, Idaho is uh, it's awesome. It's, I get so excited whenever someone mentions it, talks about it, if I read about it somewhere. Um, and more precisely, a uh, camp, Camp Perkins, near Haley, Haley, Idaho, which is about the center of the state in the Sawtooth Mountain Range. And this little camp on a lake is where I learned how to sail this boat with nothing around me but the wind and, the, and listening to the waves crash on it. It was amazing. But when I went there, apparently I had the accent now, and people are always coming up to me and saying, say boat, and, you know, say captain and stuff. That sounded funny. But uh, this is where God called me to be a leader among my peers. Uh, during the high school leadership program they had there, it was really evident that God had a call on my life uh, for something more. And I, I, don't, I don't know, still I didn't know, I don't know what that all entails, and I'm still learning what that is even to this day, and I believe I won't know until my last. But something more important I learned than being a leader, I learned there how to be in the presence of God. Away, when you get away from civilization, away from the distractions, technology, and just being able to have a simple cry out to God and and be in this place where it's only you and him, it was simply amazing. I finally understood what a spirit of peace felt like, a different level of worship, and just being in awe of God's creation. No, I know that was a very fluffy, big picture, not very detailed story, but if I was going to try and tell you what those experiences was like, we'd be up here for hours. And unfortunately, we heard so many amazing stories today, I don't even have time to share with you a whole lot, but I want to paint you a picture of just one of those experiences. The night is called Prayer at the Cross. It's the final night in the week of, uh, of this camp that I was a part of, and I walk up with my cabin mates and my counselors to the side of this hill, and there, uh, with all the other campers, there's this wooden cross on this ground, this big wooden cross with all these candles on it. And we, we all sit down around this cross, and we, there's worship music and hymns going. And the counselors would grab one of the students one by one and pray over them. And we had just spent a week together in community, Bible studies, times of worship. I mean, we had some rowdy fun, and we spent this great time bonding with one another and this was a, such a cool way to take it deeper. So the counselors would grab us. Uh, my counselor grabbed me, and he spoke these words of affirmation over me. And he gave me this, this blessing that uh, was just so powerful. And I go back, and I sit at, at the cross, and I, I get to light my candle, and I get to watch my candle burn on this big cross, and they get brighter and brighter as the sun started setting against the mountains. And I just had this nudge to start praying and blessing uh, my cabin mates. So I started grabbing the guys I just spent a week with, and I would tell him my words of affirmation, and I would pray a blessing over them. 
Then at the end, we just sat there singing these worship songs in a place of total relief, total repentance, and just awe of what God did for us. I don't want to recreate that. I want to create new opportunities for the young people, the youth, and our generation to experience that. We want to be a place where we can hear from Jesus and grow closer to him. And through some of those maybe events, but some of those places of just being able to hear from Jesus and grow our relationship closer to him. Uh, Next thing I want to talk about is not the places I've been, but the who has come into my life during this time. First person I really need to mention is my dad. My dad has got this heart, his vision for our family. He sees himself as a launch pad for his kids to take off like rockets. And right now there's about four rockets in the sky with my younger brother having one more year of high school left. But he's already dreaming about what, how big of a blast off he's going to take. It's really kind of cool. But my dad was the dad that all the friends liked. Uh, most of them called him coach because he coached me and therefore my friends in the sports we played. All the way from Little League Baseball to my senior year of football, he coached me. Uh, and if we weren't in a sports season, uh, we would lift weights together, we'd train together. My dad put hours. He put hours into my life. And I have a super strong connection uh, and love for my dad that I am so grateful for. Because I learned on these mission trips, on these camp experiences, and all the sports I played, that so many kids either had no or had terrible relationships with their dads. And I was so blessed to have mine in I just felt so hurt for these kids who didn't get to have that experience that I had. Next person I need to mention who's just equally as important is my mom. My mom is easily the toughest warrior I know. At age 16, she was a black belt in karate. I mean, she could crank out some push-ups. She had some guns. She was intimidating. Um, And when I was in high school and I would sass off to my mom, my mom would give me what is called a love tap. She you know, punch my shoulder and my arm would go numb. <laughs> so I learned, all right, going to sass off to mom, be at least a good couple arms distance away, and then run. That's what I learned. I'd run from my mom. Uh, no, honestly, I love my mom. And I want to, she's probably going to be mad I'm sharing this, but we had this, uh, a couple weeks ago I was on the phone with her, and we were talking about life the gritty things of life. And she was talking about the battles she was facing and family dynamics in the workplace and where God's goodness was there. I mean, she was crying, swearing, and just being real and vulnerable with her adult son. And I am so, so grateful to have the mom that I was given and like, once again, learning from all those mission trips, camp experiences, sports, and even more so with all the youth kids I've gotten to work with over the past couple of years, so many kids have had no or have terrible relationships with their moms. 
And it just breaks my heart. Because we want this youth group to be a place, not only where we can have kids grow where they are, where they have a place to have a healthy connection with their parents. Um, and really a whole family can come together where we can break down the junk, the crap that gets in the way, and we can build on the foundation of Christ's love for us and really set families up to be together for years to come. Um, but back to so many people who've come into my life, there are so many individuals that poured in me during my high school experience. Uh, starting with a guy named Bruce Harmon. He was my pastor for 20 years. He did uh, Amber's and I premarital counseling, and I will be forever grateful for the foundation that he helped us build our marriage upon. Uh, Tom Phillip, he's the guy who led uh, all those mission trips, a good chunk of them at least, that I have been a part of, and showed me what servant leadership looked like. Tom King, Al Clatt, and Ben Wood, they were three different youth pastors I had over my high school experiences. All of them had different strengths and abilities, but they all really encouraged me, built into me as I walked with Jesus. Dartini and Brown, he was my high school football coach. This guy showed his love and passion for his students he worked with at his charter school he was a part of, as well as his love and passion he had on the football field. Uh, a guy named Israel McGrew, he was my camp counselor in Idaho, and he gave me a role model to be like. I mean, I really wanted to be like Tim Tebow, but he finally gave me someone that I could tangibly be like. On, Israel McGrew was one of those guys who was a manly man. He had the beard, the cowboy boots. He could crack a whip. He was raised on a ranch. It built like a tank. You know, every... You know, when you say a grizzly man, that's what you, that guy you picture. Yet, that's not what was impressive about him. What was impressive was how softly spoken he was and his love for the Lord and his love for people. As we move forward together to launch this new youth ministry, we have a great opportunity to name where we've just been. Um, in the past couple of years, we've had a partnership with Crossroads Church in their, in their youth ministry called Rush. Rush has been a super experience for the students that have been in there as well as the leaders here from Southside. Uh, we have been blessed uh, to be a part of it. And the biggest thing we got out of it was a, an amazing structure, a super solid structure on how to, to connect, walk alongside kids and relational discipleship. Now, with this momentum we got from Rush, uh, as we are launching Southside's ministry, a rebirthening, like the Skillet song for those who are edgy and listen to Skillet, uh, we're going to be part of a team. Uh, you know, I am part of a team that is working to build a place for the youth here. Um, and it is our team's goal uh, and heart, and it's big for me personally, is to be a place where we meet kids where they're at, because everyone's in a different place. And we want to be where we can meet teens and kids where they're at. We wanna, we're going to have a place where they can serve each other and serve the community around us so they can just know the joy and the blessing that is uh, and learn it through you know, embodied participation uh, in this family here at Southside. We want 
to be a place where we hear from Jesus, where we can have a spirit of peace come upon us, have a place where we can have repentance and just grow in our relationship towards Jesus. And we want to be a place for the family. As, as I mentioned, the older I get with my parents, the more and more I realize I need a connection to them. I need a connection to my family. And it is our team's heart to see that happen with every family here at Southside moving forward so they would be set up to be a healthy family unit for years to come. And if you have struggled in that department, I hope this excites you. I hope this gets you energized for what God is doing and is going to do through this ministry. But we can't do this. The leadership team can't do this alone. We need you guys. We need you if you're a teen. It's youth ministry. So if you're a youth, we need you guys. We need you if you're a parent of a teen or a student. You're such a huge influence on when and where they are. And to give us a chance to work with your kids would be such an honor and a blessing. Uh, But we need you guys to do that. Uh, We need you guys if you have a drive, uh, a nudge, to work with the next generation and walk alongside them. And then we need you guys if you're none of the above. We need you, Southside, to continue to grow where you are, to walk in victory, to live on mission for Jesus, uh, to walk closer to Jesus so that the next generation uh, can see what it's like, so they can follow us. And I haven't been here for many years, and I don't know where everyone's been or has been, or nor do I need to. I know God is present and at work in each and every one of our lives, and we have an ability to respond to him. There's this quote by John Maxwell. He says, No one can go back and start again, but you can start right now and make a brand new end. And that is my heart for this ministry as we start. It's, it's not going back. It's not trying to go grab things from my past or anyone else's past. But we're starting right here, and we're going to make a new end, and we're going to pursue and love Jesus.